let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. This is a day that the Lord has made. We will be rejoiced and be glad in it. Amen. All right. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. All right. Hallelujah. I am going to recite for you the 100th number of Psalms. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. I'll say that one more time. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endure to all generations. Amen, amen, amen. Let us pray. Holy One, Father God, Lord, we come to you on this glorious day. Lord, you have seen fit, Lord, to bless us all to be in your house on today, Lord. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for getting us up on this morning. Lord, we thank you for bringing us here safely without accident or incident. Lord, we thank you, Lord, because you have kept us from danger seen and unseen. Lord, we thank you, Lord, because you provide the food on our tables. Lord, we thank you, Lord, because you've given us shelter over our heads. Lord, we thank you, Lord, because you've closed us. You've clothed us nicely, Lord. Lord, we thank you, Lord, because we have jobs to go to, Lord. We thank you, Lord, because we've got schools to go to, Lord. We thank you because there are grocery stores that we can go into, Lord. We thank you, Lord, because we are able to praise you openly and not secretly. Lord, we thank you, Lord, because you have done everything, Lord. And without you, Lord, nothing is possible. So we thank you for the impossible being made possible, Lord. Lord, we thank you because you are gracious. We thank you because you are loving. We thank you because you are kind. We thank you because you are merciful. Lord, we thank you because you have been better to us than we could ever be to ourselves, Lord. We especially thank you, Lord, for the sacrifice that your son Christ Jesus made when he was hung upon the cross, Lord, when he bled and when he died, Lord. Lord, and we thank you, Lord, because he didn't stay dead, Lord, because he rose three days after that, Lord. And we just give you all praise and glory because we know without you it wouldn't have happened, Lord. So we give you all praise and glory, Lord. And we come to you right now, Lord, asking that you will receive the praise that we give, Lord, and that you'll inhabit it, Lord, in a way like never before, Lord, that you will have your way in the lives of your people. Lord, not just here at St. John, Lord, but wherever people are gathered in your holy name. Lord, and I pray, Lord, that you will bless each and every household, Lord, that you will bless the coming and the going of your people, Lord, wherever they may go. Lord, and that you will use us, Lord, to reach those who have not yet been reached, Lord. And it's in the name of your Son, Christ Jesus, Lord, that we thank you in advance because we know if we believe it to be so, it's already done. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, greetings to each of you in the name of Jesus Christ who is our Savior and our Lord. We have come to worship God, amen? If there be any visitors among us on today, know that you are always welcome here at St. John. If you desire salvation or church membership, please fill out the form found on the back of the pew in front of you. Once completed, you can give it to the person at the front desk or give it to an usher, or you can place it in the offering basket. Thank you once again. You are now in the hands of our worship ministry.
And let the church say amen. Well, I tell you what, brothers and sisters, we are here to worship. And because we came here to worship, all of us need to do what we came here to do. I'm ready to preach. Let's stand on our feet. There is a word in the gospel according to Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 4. I encourage everybody to follow me in the Bible, as always. Your blessing is in this word, so you want to be very attentive. The Lord is going to really equip us and inspire us through the word of God. It's Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 4. And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was a chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press because he was little of stature. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. It's in verse 3 where we see, and he sought to see Jesus, who he was. In verse, four, in verse 4, climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him. I need to preach today about a desire to see Jesus. Look at somebody and just say, a desire to see Jesus. God bless you and you may be seated. People will frequently go out of their way to see who or what they want to see. Personally, I have stood in long lines to be entertained by certain people because I had a desire to see them. I have traveled thousands of miles to see certain places in the world because I had a desire to see these places. If we go out of our way because of a desire to see certain people or certain places, we should be willing to go out of our way because of a desire to see Jesus. In our sermonic text, uh, Zacchaeus, I know the old preachers will say Zacharias. Zacchaeus went out of his way because he had a desire to see Jesus. Uh, and uh, so let's, let's work through Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10, verse by verse. In your Bible, and as I say, your blessing is in the Word. Uh, I challenge you to follow me in the Word today. In your Bible, you notice in verse 1 it says, uh, And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. 
When it says and, that's a conjunction, it does denote continuation uh, because something happened prior as Jesus was approaching Jericho. We learn in chapter 18, verses 35 and on down, that Jesus had just healed blind Bartimaeus as he approached Jericho. In verse 1, we see that word Jericho, that place Jericho. Jericho translates from the Arabic to mean city of the moon. Everybody say city of the moon. Some refer to Jericho as the oldest city in the world. Jericho is famous in biblical history as the first town, first city attacked by the Israelites under Joshua after they crossed the Jordan River. You do remember in Joshua chapter 6, the walls of Jericho fell after the Israelites marched around the city walls once a day for six days. And then on the seventh day, they marched around seven times and then shouted and blew their trumpets. Do I have a witness in here? Uh, Jesus enjoys doing what he does. In the Old Testament, Jericho was a place where people were conquered. In the New Testament, Jesus made Jericho a place where people are blessed. In the Old Testament, Jericho was a place of defeat. In the New Testament, Jer Jesus made Jericho a place of victory. Jesus enjoys changing something bad into something good. This is what, is what he did for Zacchaeus. This is what he has done for many of us. This is what he desires to do for somebody in here today. When we go to verse 2, go with me there. It says, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. So in verse 2, we learn that Zacchaeus was uh, a chief among the publicans and that he was rich. For those of you who are taking notes, the name Zacchaeus uh, is Hebrew, not Greek. It shows that this man was a Jew. Uh, the name Zacchaeus uh, means pure or innocent. Everybody say pure or innocent. Now, it's ironic because the meaning of Zacchaeus does not match the character of Zacchaeus in Luke chapter 19. I mean, his name means pure and innocent, yet he was not pure and innocent. He was a tax collector. Fact of the matter, he was a leader among the tax collectors, and he gained his wealth by taking advantage of other people, in particular the poor. So his name, Zacchaeus, means pure or innocent, but it doesn't match his character, which is unlike so many in the Bible. For example, uh, the name Jesus means Savior, while his uh, life matched his character because he is uh, the Savior of the world. It's in verse 3 where it said, the Bible says, and he sought to see Jesus, uh, who he was, and, and, and underline that word who in your Bible, and could not for the press because he was little of stature. When you see that word sought, it suggests that he had a desire that he pursued. His curiosity will later lead to his conversion. Zacchaeus wanted to see who Jesus was. The who of Jesus became intriguing because of what Jesus was doing. 
In other words, uh, because of the what of Jesus, it made uh, Zacchaeus want to know something about the who of Jesus. Uh, Zacchaeus had a twofold deterrent, meaning obstacle, uh, that hindered him from seeing Jesus. Uh, and, and the same uh, two uh, deterrents that hindered Zacchaeus hinders a lot of people today. Number one, it was the crowd, meaning people. And then number two, it was his shortness. Uh, do I have a witness here? I said he had two uh, deterrents, uh, the people, the crowd, that hindered him from seeing Jesus, but also he was a short man. He was small. He was little in stature. What a saying today, there's a lot of unbelievers uh, are unable to see Jesus because of certain people. And unfortunately, the certain people, in many cases, are people in the church. It's sad that often the people on the inside are hindering the, the folk on the outside. Whenever the people on the outside see people who are on the inside that act like they do on the outside, it discourages them from wanting to come on the inside. Why don't you put some hands together? Oh, the Bible tells us right there in verse 3, he was a little stature, meaning he was a, a small man. He was small, but guess what? He was not too small for Jesus. Thank God we are never too small for Jesus. So often in life, man will overlook us because of what we lack. But again, thank God we're never too small for Jesus. Why don't you put some hands together for that? In verse 4, we learn uh, what he did to overcome his obstacles. Uh, the Bible says in verse 4, look with me in your Bible, where he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, meaning Jesus, for he was to pass that way. Uh, Zacchaeus used uh, his mind and his body uh, to overcome his uh, obstacles. Look at your neighbor and just say, use what you got. <laughs> Oh, yes, he used his mind to recognize that Jesus was going to pass by a certain way. Uh, he used his body to run ahead of the crowd and climb into a sycamore tree. The fact that Zacchaeus ran indicates uh, how great his desire was uh, to see Jesus. Zacchaeus ran ahead of the crowd in order to see Jesus. Uh, running ahead of the crowd means that he had to do what the old folk used to say, just still away. Often, my beloved, we need to still away in order to be with Jesus. I shared with a minister on yesterday, I intentionally stole away. I, I intentionally isolated myself uh, last Thursday, Friday, and Saturday because I recognized uh, I need something greater. I need something special. I needed to hang out with the master. I needed to see my anointing take on uh, another level. When we look at my brothers and sisters, this situation is interesting uh, how Zacchaeus was short, but he could run. All of us have strengths and weaknesses. Well, hear this, everyone, and for those of you taking notes, uh, uh, live life enjoying your God-given strengths rather than wasting life uh, dismayed about your weaknesses. 
Life is short and it's moving rapidly. It's fleeting. We cannot afford to make ourselves or allow ourselves to be happy because of what we lack. But we need to rejoice in what God has already blessed us with. Why don't you put some hands together? In verse 4, Zacchaeus climbed up into a sycamore tree. For our purpose here, this the sycamore tree represents a good place to see Jesus. Everybody repeat those words, a good place to see Jesus. All of us need to find figuratively a sycamore tree. I'm not saying go to some forest and look up, uh, look for a physical sycamore tree, but when I say figuratively, I'm talking about something that's symbolic uh, because, again, uh, a sycamore tree for our pur purpose, uh, uh, yes, uh, it represents a good place uh, to see Jesus. We need to find a good place to see Jesus. It might be in the sanctuary. It might be at the altar. It might be in your home. It might be in your bedroom. It might be in your family room. It might be in your bathroom. It might be that drive to the water or that drive to the hills. Well, hear this. Wherever we experience a good place to, to spend and to see Jesus, we can call it figuratively our sycamore tree. So that place where you experience Christ, wherever it is, that's your sycamore tree. Zacchaeus recognized that Jesus was going to pass a certain way. Do you see that at the end of verse 4 where it says, where he was to pass that way? He recognizes he did not know the exact moment, but he knew that it was going to happen. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, just say to your neighbor, we don't know when, but we know it, he will. Oh, yes, we don't know when, but we know he will. We need to be able to recognize that Jesus is going to pass a certain way. Uh, we do not know the exact moment, but we just have to have faith that he's going. It's going to happen. Somebody just shout out, it's going to happen. Zacchaeus discerned which way Jesus was going. We need to discern which way Jesus is going for the football fans. In football, the offensive line will have a huddle usually before each play so that the quarterback can explain to everyone where the ball is going. We need to spend time in the huddle with Jesus so that Jesus, the quarterback, can explain to us where the ball is going. If Jesus is moving to the right, we want to move to the right. We do not want to be moving to the left when Jesus is moving to the right. We have, and I say we, we have made some costly mistakes in our lives by moving to the left when Jesus was moving to the right. Whenever we move to the left, everything we find will be to the left. That mate will be to the left. That job will be to the left. That house will be to the left. And no wonder none of it worked out because it was all to the left. But here, brothers and this, brothers and sisters, we want to make sure that if Jesus is moving to the right, we're going to move to the right. And when we're in the right, we'll be in the right and we'll meet the right and we'll experience the right. Somebody put some hands together. 
In verse 5, it says, and when Jesus came to the place, look at your neighbor and say, he will come. Oh, yes, when Jesus came to the place, the Bible says he looked up and he saw him and he said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down. For today I must abide at, abide at thy house. When Jesus came to the place, uh, means that he did come. We do not know how long Zacchaeus waited. All we know is that his wait was not in vain because Jesus did show up. I cannot tell you how long. You have to wait on the Lord, but all I can say is that your waiting will not be in vain. <laughs> is there anybody right now who's been praying and you're waiting on the Lord to move? Uh, is there anybody in here or those watching by way of streaming? Uh, you've been praying about something uh, and you're waiting on God. Well, I'm saying to you that if you keep on waiting, uh, your waiting will not be in vain. Sometimes, like Job, we have to wait until a change comes. Furthermore, when we do wait, somebody say, when we do wait, Isaiah said our strength is renewed. Isaiah tells us when we do wait, we shall mount up with wings as an eagle. When we do wait, we shall run and not become weary. When we do wait, uh, we shall walk and not faint. Uh, somebody ought to praise God for waiting on the Lord. When I look at verse 5, I also notice in your Bible, you might notice it too, where Jesus looked up. Jesus looked up because he knew that Zacchaeus was there. That's good news. Jesus will look in your direction. Why? Because he knows exactly where you are. Why don't you look at your name and say, he knows your address and he knows my address. Why don't you praise God for that? When I look at this passage in verse 5, I also see where Jesus saw Zacchaeus. The good news for each of us is that Jesus sees us. Look at your neighbor and say, he sees you. Oh, yes, he sees us when we're up and he sees us when we're down. He sees us when we're struggling. He, he sees us when we're suffering. He sees us when we're crying. He sees us when we're being mistreated. I don't know about you, but I'm glad that he sees me. When no one else sees me, I'm glad that he sees me. After Jesus looked up and saw him, I see something else in this verse 5. Uh, when I look at this situation, I see what Jesus called Zacchaeus by his name. He didn't say sir. He didn't say mister. Amen. But he called him by his name. He didn't say hey you. But again, he said Zacchaeus. Are y'all still following me? We do not read anywhere where someone introduced Zacchaeus to Jesus. However, Jesus knew his name. This denotes the omniscience of Christ. He knows everything. He knows all about us. Guess what? He knows each of us, and he knows us by name. If that's good news to you, go ahead and praise God. And the reason why I say praise God for that, because there are some people who don't know your name. 
There are some people who don't know my name. But I'm glad to know that even though the world may not know my name, there's somebody who knows me, and he knows uh, my name. Jesus told Zacchaeus, you make haste and come down. He basically said to Zacchaeus, just like you were in a hurry to see me, you need to be in a hurry to come down. Zacchaeus went high to see Jesus, but he had to come down in order to hang out with Jesus. Earlier, I said that the sycamore tree represents a good place to see Jesus, but I need to add something to it, and that is, but it is a temporary place. Oh, yes, a sycamore tree, wherever that is, whether it's your restroom, whether it's your, ba- uh, uh, your living room, whether it's your bedroom, whether it's that drive to the water or to the hills, uh, that's a good place. But hear this, it's a temporary place. Uh, I say it's temporary because we cannot live our entire lives up in a sycamore tree. I mean, for example, Moses enjoyed the presence of God on a mountain for 40 days. But he could not live his entire life on that mountain. Uh, 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 When we ascend to see Jesus, guess what? We must eventually descend to live for Jesus. Somebody put some more hands together. I hear, I hear Jesus saying, make haste and come down. Uh, Jesus telling Zacchaeus, you got to come down. And hear this, my beloved. Some of us, that might be what we need to do is just come down. I heard one preacher say one time, some folk heads so high in the air, their feet done left the ground. Amen. God cannot use us when we're high. God cannot use us when we're arrogant. God cannot use us uh, when we lofty and conceited. Uh, Humble is the way. That's what I grew up hearing the old saints say. Humble is the way. The Bible says, humble thyself under the mighty hand of God, and he will exalt you in due time. Prior to that, Peter said, God give his grace to the humble. But he resisted the proud. So I say to everybody here, if you want to be blessed, you got to come down. If you want God's favor, you got to come down. If you want God to answer that prayer miraculously, you got to come down. God did not make any of us better than the other. All of us were made equally. There's no one in here that's better than anybody else. Don't let who you think you are make yourself think that you're better than what you are. Jesus said to Zacchaeus that today, everybody say today. I can't hear y'all say it loud. Say today. Jesus said to Zacchaeus that today I must abide in your house. On another occasion, Jesus abided in the house of his friends, uh, uh, Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. But on this occasion, Jesus declared that today, He must abide in the house of Zacchaeus. On another occasion, Jesus abided in the house of Peter when he uh, healed Peter's mother-in-law of a fever. Uh, But on this occasion, Jesus declared today, he must abide in the house of Zacchaeus. Can we relate it to the day? Amen. On another occasion, Jesus abided in the house of your mother. On another occasion, he abided in the house of your father. On another occasion, he abided in the house of your grandmother. But hear this. Uh, today, he's saying that he must abide in your house. 
that simply means what God did for your mother, that was for your mother. What God did for your father, that was for your father. What God did for your grandmother, that was for your grandmother. God wants to have a personal experience uh, with you. Uh, it's not enough to, to talk about what he did for someone else, but you want to experience God for yourself so that you can say how you have tried him for yourself. Jesus must have a personal encounter with somebody today. Jesus must do something today for somebody. Is there anybody in here who need a blessing today? You were blessed yesterday. If you live, you're going to be blessed tomorrow. But how many of you need that blessing today? You don't want to just feast on what happened yesterday because guess what? Today is a new day. Fresh new mercies exist today. Today is a new day. In fact, no matter, let me just say that this is the day that the Lord has made. We ought to rejoice and we ought to be glad in it. This is the day when the saints of God ought to go ahead and praise him. When you know what God has done for you, uh, nothing, uh, no rock should be able to cry out for you. The question on the floor is, will you let him in? <laughs> oh, yes, Jesus abided. He told the kids, I must abide in your house. Well, he's saying to us today, I want to abide in your house. Well, but the question is, will you let him in? Look at your neighbor and just ask, will you let him in? We must understand when Jesus said to Zacchaeus, I, wanna, I must abide in your house. He was talking geographically about his physical house. And that's necessary. We need Jesus to abide in our, our physical house geographically. With all the crime that surrounds us, the only protection we have is when God is on the inside. My brothers and sisters, bullets were flying everywhere. We hear of what was happening in Texas. My daughter called me and told me she was out nearby where the shooting occurred and she had to hurry and get her children home. Amen. Bullets are flying everywhere. It looks like mass shootings have now become a commonplace. But the reason why you and I are alive sitting in this church untouched by any bullet is because the Lord is in our house. And I think I need to tell you that that house does not just mean physical, but also spiritual, because the heart uh, represents the house. Uh, amen. The heart is the place where Christ dwells within. Uh, that's the reason why I can say he's been in my house. Uh, he's been in my room. He's in my heart. And when he's in your, your heart, you go everywhere with him. That's the reason why we can testify and say, he walks with me. He talks with me. He tells me that I am uh, his own. Uh, my brothers and sisters, uh, when he's in your heart. Uh, nobody can take that from you. Man might break your heart. A woman might break your heart, but Jesus will never break the heart uh, that he dwells in. He dwells uh, in your heart. Somebody go ahead and give God another hand of praise. I do need to say something about our house, uh, and this is something that we need to, to be mindful of. The status or the condition of your house does not impress or bother Jesus. Say it again, Pastor, because somebody's taking notes. Amen. The, the status or the condition of your house does not impress or bother Jesus. Break it down, Pastor. If you live in a mansion, Jesus is not impressed. On the other hand, if you live in the ghetto, Jesus is not bothered. So I'll say it again. The status 
or the condition of your house does not impress or bother Jesus. Sometimes we don't want folk to come in because we're embarrassed about our surroundings. But you never have to be embarrassed about your situation. You never have to be embarrassed if you're living in the projects. You never have to be embarrassed if you don't have any furniture. Because again, I'm saying the status or the condition of your house, it doesn't impress him and it doesn't bother him. All he wants to do is come in. So somebody right now needs to just let them in. It's in verse 6 where it says, and he made haste. Meaning that kids, he got in a hurry and he came down and guess what he did for Jesus? He received him joyfully. The question is still on the floor. Will you let him in? In the case of Zacchaeus, he let him in. The Bible says he did it in a hurry. He came down. He received him joyfully. Oh, my brothers and sisters, a lot of times we fail because we want him to come in, but we're not receiving him joyfully. You say you want the Lord? Well, hear this. You ought to look like you want him. Amen. God does not need to visit you and you're frowning. God does not need to visit you and he done bless you, but you're still looking sour. I mean, what does it, what is it going to take for you to smile? Do you realize uh, I have heard that it takes more energy to frown than it is to smile? God made us to smile. Amen. God wants you to be happy. And if the Lord has done something good for you, you have a reason to smile. If the Lord has done for you what nobody else can do. You have a reason to smile. Somebody ought to testify right now and look at somebody and say, I'm happy with Jesus in my heart. Go ahead and give them some praise. People don't always want to hear that. Amen. They don't always want to hear about that joy. We must take note how Zacchaeus received Jesus joyfully. Joy, for those of you who are taking notes, joy is the result of experiencing Jesus after a desire to see Jesus. We must have a desire to see Jesus in order to experience joy. Once we experience Jesus, we will experience a, a joy that the world cannot give us and a joy that the world cannot take from us. Now, unfortunately, somebody say unfortunately. Uh, when we finally experience this unspeakable joy, some people will not rejoice with us. So I don't want you to even be bothered if you sit next to somebody and they're not praising God with you. Amen. Because I'm saying to you in the text, and we're going to see it in the text, uh, that when we experience joy, there are some people who will not rejoice with us. Hear this. With joy comes haters. Say it again, Pastor. With joy comes haters. People hate what they do not have. Therefore, people will literally hate you for the joy you have because it's a joy that they do not have. Are you listening to me? So I say to everybody in here, if you have joy, you want to guard it. I testified on last week how I'm experiencing the best years of my adult life. It's unfortunate. I probably got two-thirds of my life behind me, but thank God I made it finally arrived. I'm experiencing the best years. I, I, I'm living, living out the fruit of the Spirit. I, I've been praying for love, joy, and peace. 
Amen. And, and since I finally arrived at that point, guess what? I told y'all last week, I'm doing everything I can to protect it. And when I see any, any, anything that's coming against my love, joy, or peace, uh, I have to flee from it. I have to stay away from it because I've worked too hard to get to where I am. Don't let anybody take away your joy. Don't let anybody take away that peace. If you got love, joy, and peace, don't you let anybody take that away from you because it's God-given. Come on and give God some praise up in here. In verse 7, it says, And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be the guest. Be guest with a man that is a son. Now, I want y'all to hear this. Haters, I'm talking about the haters, complained because Jesus was the guest of a sinner. But unlike the haters, I thank God that Jesus chose to be the guest of a sinner. The haters did not like it, but I'm thankful. And the reason why I'm thankful, not so much just because of Zacchaeus, but on the personal. Amen, because I too was once lost, but now I am found. I too was blind, but now I see. But hear this, I would never be found. I would never see had Jesus not visited a sinner. Are you listening to me? I stand here saved. I stand here anointed. I stand here called to preach. I stand here as a pastor for 36 years, all because Jesus chose to visit a sinner. And somebody in here need to acknowledge where you've come from because you haven't always been in the church. You have not always been saved. If you're saved, guess what? You were once a sinner, and by the grace of God, you are now saved. Will you put some hands together on that one? Jesus was criticized for being in the house of a sinner. But I want you to know something about Jesus. Jesus knew how to be in the house without being of the house. We have to learn how to be in the world without having to be of the world. Uh, Jesus went to the sinner's location. Uh, we often fail by expecting sinners to come to our location rather than us going to their location. Jesus told us to go. Go where the sinners are. Uh, we want sinners to come to church, which is not uh, bad, but it's less effective. More effective is to go where sinners are, evangelize them, then lead them to worship with us. Come on and put some more hands together. Verse 8, we almost at verse 10. That's it. <laughs> verse 8, uh, the Bible says, and Zacchaeus stood. Do you see that in your Bible? I told you on the beginning of this message, your blessing is as you follow me in the Bible. Don't take my word for it, but follow me in the word. It says, and Zacchaeus stood. There's a time when we need to stand up, especially when it comes for, to what's right. Zacchaeus stood and he said unto the Lord, behold, Lord, uh, the half of the goods, I, uh, of my goods I give to the poor. And if I've taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. My brothers and sisters hear this. Conviction is always a sign of conversion. 
Conviction, I say. When you've really been born again, you're convicted of the wrong you did. And it's not about pointing a finger at somebody else. Uh, for example, Isaiah, the moment he experienced the glory of the Lord, he said, woe is me. He didn't say, woe is Jeremiah. He didn't say, uh, woe is Ezekiel. He didn't say, woe is Jonah. But he said, woe is me. When you've really been converted, guess what? You're not looking outward, but guess how you're looking? You're looking inwardly. Oh, do I have a witness here? So conviction. Do I have a witness here? Conviction is always a sign of conversion. I, I'm reminded of Romans 10 and 10. Y'all know I always love to recite Romans 10 and 9, where after 9 comes. wanted to fix the damage he had done. Uh, he wanted to get right with the treated and misused. Zacchaeus told Jesus that he was giving half of his wealth to the poor and would give four times the amount he took falsely from anyone if guilty. He was mindful of Exodus 22 and 1, which uh, uh, tells us that the penalty of stealing someone's sheep was to repay the owner for sheep. So that's why Zacchaeus said fourfold. Zacchaeus' desire to see Jesus paid off for him in verse 9. Look at somebody and just tell that neighbor, say, it will pay off. Oh, if y'all getting a little tired, just stay with me because I'm about to get in verse 10 and then I'm done. Verse 9, Jesus said unto him, this day. I can't hear y'all. I only heard the deacon. Everybody say, this day. Uh, uh, Jesus said to Zacchaeus, said, this day salvation uh, come, this, this day is salvation come to this house, for as much as he also is uh, a son of Abraham. What does that say, Pastor? Give it to us quickly. Jesus declared that Zacchaeus was that day saved and was an authentic descendant of Abraham. As in the case of Zacchaeus, Jesus wants to declare today, not tomorrow, amen, but today, not next week, but today, not next year, but today. He wants to declare that somebody is saved. You came here lost, but you can leave here saved. In other words, I'm saying to people that are here, as well as those who are viewing by way of streaming, you don't have to continue being the way that you are. Because Jesus is in that business of saving. Uh, saving people from hell was Jesus' reason for being incarnated. And we see this in verse 10. Uh, why don't you look at your neighbor right now and say, he has finally arrived. Uh, oh, yes, verse 10. That's my last verse. Uh, amen. In verse 10, Jesus said, for the Son of Man. Notice when he says son of man, he was, he was referring to himself. Uh, uh, he was, he, Jesus could have said the son of God, but the humble side of him denote, uh, went and said uh, the son of man. He said the son of man is come to seek and save that which uh, was lost. This is the mission statement of Christ. Are y'all with me, everybody? 
Jesus turned water into wine, but this is not why he came. Uh, Jesus gave sight to the blind, but this is not why he came. Uh, Jesus unplugged deaf ears, but this is not why he came. Uh, Jesus commanded the lame to pick up their bed and walk, but this is not why he came. Jesus healed the lepers, but this is not why he came. Uh, Jesus fed 5,000 with just five loaves of bread and, uh, and just two small fish, uh, but this is not why he came. Uh, Jesus walked on water, but this is not why he came. Jesus rebuked the wind and said, peace be still, but this is not why he came. Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, but this is not why he came. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. He perfected and fulfilled his mission to seek and save that which was lost. He did it immaculately. He did it impartially, and he did it impressively. I know some of y'all need those three points. Uh, amen. You take those bones, and you can work on them yourselves. Uh, he did it immaculately, meaning Jesus took on our sin, yet remained without sin. He did it impartially, meaning Jesus made no difference between the Jews and the Gentiles. And he did it impressively, meaning Jesus did something that no one else could do. My brothers and sisters, it all happened on a hill called Calvary. It was on that hill where they stretched Jesus out wide and they hung him high on an old rugged cross. Uh, after he died, he was buried in Joseph's borrowed tomb for three days and three nights. But it was early. I don't hear anybody in here. I said it was early Sunday morning when Jesus arose with all power in heaven and in earth. Somebody ought to go ahead and praise God for Jesus who died. Jesus who was buried, and Jesus, uh, who got up early Sunday morning. On this Sunday morning, I have a desire to see Jesus. So I need to wake somebody up. I need to get somebody's attention. Is there anybody other than Pastor Kevin B. Hall? Uh, who has a desire to see Jesus. I love a song that says, Oh, I want to see him look upon his face there to sing forever of his saving grace on the streets of glory. Let me lift my voice Cares are past, home at last, ever a to rejoice. I got to leave y'all, but last week I read a story about a young man uh, that became blind when he was only 10 years old after being in an accident. The young man was the son of a prestigious man. But despite his disability, he was able to graduate from a university in England 
with high honors. While he was in school, he fell in love with a lady whom he became engaged to marry. Now remember, the man is blind, but he can, he can feel in his heart something for a woman. Not long before the wedding, the man had surgery, hoping that he would be able to see. He insisted that the bandages would stay on his face until his wedding day, because if the surgery was successful, he wanted to see the first person through his eyes being his bride. Well, on the day of the wedding, people from everywhere showed up at that cathedral. And when the organist began to play, and the bride began to walk down the aisle, when she made it down at the altar, the doctor that performed the surgery went and removed the band-aids from the man's eyes. He looked over at the bride and he said to the bride, do I have a witness that you are more beautiful than I have ever imagined? I'm only saying that because one of these days we're going to see Jesus and Jesus is going to remove the band-aid. Uh, we feel him. Anybody feel him right now? We feel him right now. So many times we've said, Father, I stretch my hand unto thee for no other help I know. When we stretch our hand to him, we don't see him. So many times we said, guide me over thy great Jehovah pilgrim through of this barren land. So many times we have said, I am weak, but thou art mighty. Hold me with your powerful hand, but we do not see him. But one of these days, we're going to see him face to face. And Jesus is going to remove the band-aids that enabled us so we can see him. And when we shall see him for the first time, he will be greater than anybody or anything we've ever imagined. Greater than Abraham. Greater than Isaac, greater than Jacob, greater than Moses, 
greater than Joshua, greater than Samuel, greater than David, greater than Solomon, greater than Ezra, greater than Nehemiah, greater than Joe, greater than Isaiah, greater than Jeremiah, greater than Ezekiel, greater than Daniel, greater than Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, greater than Jonah, greater than John the Baptist, greater than Peter, greater then Paul, uh, he's greater uh, because he is uh, the king of kings, uh, the lord of laws, uh, a wheel in the middle of the wheel, uh, a prince of peace, uh, alpha and omega, uh, beginning and the end, uh, lily of the valley, uh, bright and morning star, uh, burning bearer, uh, a mind regulator, uh, a doctor on a sick bed, uh, lawyer in a courtroom, Mother to the motherless, father to the fatherless, friend to the friendless, somebody out of shadow, he's greater. I don't know about you here, but I have a desire to see him. I got the clothes here, but is there anybody up in hand that wants to see him? If you want to see him, look at your neighbor right now and say, neighbor, when this life is over, I want to see him Tell that neighbor Tell that neighbor When I am done With the troubles Of this world That I want to see him When there be no more doubt no more crying, no more shaking unfriendly hands. I want to see him when the wicked shall cease from troubling and the weary shall be at rest. Y'all don't hear me up in here. I said, ah, yeah. Ah, yes, Lord. Ah, yes, Lord.
to see Jesus. Anybody had that desire? Don't play church with me. I see anybody got that desire. And Father, we come with a desire to see Jesus. We come praying for people who are not saved that they will make haste experience so great a salvation. We come praying for people who are saved but need a church home. We come praying for all of those folk on the sick and shut-in list. Praying for people here and abroad. People who have needs uh, that only you can meet. Uh, we come praying that this word today will not fall on deaf ears. Not return unto you void, but do everything you designed for it to do. We come. Praying that when we present your tithes and offerings that they be acceptable unto thee. We come. Praying that when we depart from this place, you will continue to abide with us. In the name of Jesus, we come and say amen. Your eyes are still closed. People who are not saved but desire to be saved. People who are saved but desire a church home, listen to your options. First of all, those of you who are present, those of you who are in person right here, here's your options. You can raise your hand now or you can fill out a form. The form is behind that pew in front of you, once you fill it out, you can give it to an usher, someone at the front of the desk, or put it in the offering basket. But if your desire is to do it right now by raising your hand, just raise your hand. If, you're doing, if you'd rather do it the other way by filling out the form, you may do so. People who are viewing online, click that link, fill it out, submit it electronically, or you can do it in person. And in every case, we will respond promptly. When it comes to our giving, we praise God for what he's doing. And the folk online, you're doing a good job. Continue to do so. Continue to support the church. And in the church here, let's continue to do that. We have a desire to see Jesus. Oh, he's so sweet. He's sweet, I know. Anybody believe that? How many of you know? I want you just, no, really, how many of you know? I'll tell you what, let's, I'll tell you what. Open your eyes, open your eyes, open your eyes. And let me give you a moment to praise God. If you were blessed by this worship celebration today, go ahead and bless God. Now I want to acknowledge the folk who know something about him. Those of you who know that he's sweet. I mean, that's one thing you can say. You can say, he's sweet, I know. Go ahead and sing it. Yes, that's it. Go ahead. Yeah, you're doing it. He's sweet. He's sweet. He's sweet, I know.
Don't clowns. Guess what they might do? They may rise. Strong winds. Guess what they might do? They blow. But here ought to be your testimony. Lord, I can't hear y'all. Oh, yes. I'll tell the world, wherever, wherever, wherever I go, Lord, that I, I can't hear anybody, that I have found, I hear you over there, the Savior, that he's, I wish I had some witnesses. I'm almost begging somebody to sing the song with me. Everybody, everybody, he's sweet. Come on now. The whole church said it. He's sweet. Yes, I know. Lord. I know he's sweet. Whoa. Lord. Strong winds may blow. God some praise up in here. Amen. Let me say very quickly, many of you read information from the pastor's desk. There's a section in it now we're including that's called intercessory prayer. And of course, I just named some, but we want to add to that list. So if you know people who are in need of special prayer, just call the admin building or you can e email me directly those names and we'll include them this, this Thursday upcoming day when we usually send out every Thursday morning about six in the morning you should have that in your 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 mailbox message from the pastor now with these individuals that we're praying for here this you know once you are healed and because you know we all need prayer <laughs> 
but uh, once you're healed or once you're able to come back to church, then we can remove your name and add somebody else's. But I'm going to tell you what I would like for us to do every day. And this is what I'm doing. Audibly, I read out those names. And then I cover them with prayer. Just pray for all of them as the Holy Spirit leads me. The power of intercessory prayer is that when you pray for others, God is going to bless you. <laughs> Amen. So we want more and more. Let's get into this. We're going to experience greater, greater results in our prayer life. If God is willing, on tonight um, we're scheduled to have our online communion also at 7 p.m. Encourage everybody to be with us and I'll be praying and communing with you if God is willing also. Uh, next Sunday is Mother's Day. I encourage everyone to come to church, especially all mothers. Mothers, um, you have children all who may want to take you elsewhere. Tell your children first, y'all come to church with me and then we'll go elsewhere. <laughs> Amen. The fact, if, if the Lord bless you to live to see Mother's Day, you want to begin it in the Lord's house. Amen, everybody. All right, so if God is willing and hear this, don't, the devil says Mother's Day is a sad day when people mourn the loss of their mother. No, we're not going to be funeralizing mothers. Amen. We're going to celebrate mothers. Come on, say amen, somebody. We're going to celebrate mothers. Even greater than that, we're going to celebrate the Lord. So if the Lord is willing, all mothers, um, yes, everyone, let's be at church, but mothers definitely come and bring your children, your families with you. Uh, to those uh, youth and young adults, don't forget to see, let me say the children and the youth, excuse me. Don't forget to see Minister Eric Frazier about that upcoming uh, circus event up at the Hilltop Mall. Well, that's as much as I need to say by way of announcements. I praise God for each of you. Um, it's a good worship experience in here today, and we give God the glory for that. Um, I know a lot. We got sports fans in here. I'm glad y'all didn't let um, um, uh, the game last night kill your spirit today. Amen. No, don't do that. All right. Um, I, I told I told somebody, I told a friend of mine, I said, I'm in an awkward position because I like the Lakers and the Warriors, and I don't want to see either one eliminate the other. And he said, well, somebody got to lose. <laughs> Amen. So I can just enjoy the game. But I just want to say something that helps me when my team does lose, whether it be basketball, baseball, whatever. I have to remind myself, you know, when they lose or they're messing up, that I'm not getting the millions of dollars that they get. <laughs> I have to remind myself, this is just a game. <laughs> Amen. And, and, and yes, I wanted them to win, but if they messed up, they the ones got to live with that. Amen, somebody. So don't, don't let yourselves get all depressed and all because uh, a team lose. Amen. Enjoy the game. If they lose, just remind yourself, unless you're betting on the game. Amen. <laughs> They're the ones who's going to be the winners. You have been wonderful. I want to give you a praise report. In the month of April, the tithes and offerings, the total income, hear this, were higher than it's been in a long time. Definitely higher since uh, the pandemic. The tithes, the total last month was like it was in them days when um, there was a lot of 
people in person in the sanctuary. We still got a lot of folk, but we got more folk who's view online and that's here. That's how high it was last month. So let's praise God for that. That's wonderful. I believe it could be even higher this month if all of us who gave last month do it again this month, and then those of us who didn't give last month would give this month. <laughs> I don't like to ask you to do anything that I don't do. I don't do this to brag, but I do this to be an example. I'm not a pastor that's asking you to give, and I don't give. I have a sizable check. It's a real nice check. Um, my tithes and offerings, amen. Again, I'm not doing this to brag, but as your pastor, I'm being an example of what I'm asking you to do, pastors, tithes, and offerings for the month, amen. Okay, Pastor Hall loves you. If God is willing, we'll be preaching again. Um, I want to say this real quickly, too. On last week, I felt really bad when I left here. Really bad. I'm going to tell you why. Nobody did anything to me. I'm going to tell you why. Because the spirit was so high at the nine, and then when I came here, the devil was working in a certain area, and uh, it was hindering the spirit from moving. I hope that you have been blessed by the word that went forth today. And listen, without your support, we can't do what we're doing here. And so let me tell you a little bit about tithes and offering. And it's here in this scripture, Malachi 3, 8, and 9. And it says, Will a man rob God, yet ye have robbed me? But ye say, Wherein have we robbed thee in tithes and offering? Ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Now let me take it a step further. And it says in verse 10, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. That's what the word says. So we encourage you to continue giving to St. John. Now listen, there's various ways that you can give. One, you can give in person during our worship celebrations. Two, you can mail or drop off at the South Campus or our, our administration building. Three, you can give online. Now listen, you can find more information about where those locations are by visiting our website. Um, in the meantime, we thank you for joining us today. We hope that you were blessed, and we hope that you will have a blessed week in the Lord.